one story is far, far bigger than the three that dominated the year 2020. That is a topic we'll discuss today right here on the Christian Worldview radio program, where the mission is to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to share the good news of Jesus Christ with those who have not put their faith or trust in Him as Savior and Lord. I'm David Wheaton, the host of the program, and our website is thechristianworldview.org. Now, three news stories dominated the headlines in 2020. Number one, the the spread and response to COVID-19. Number two, social unrest and violence over allegations of, quote, systemic racism in our country. And number three, the presidential election with the ongoing allegations of voting fraud. Those are the three stories, a virus, racism, and an election. Now, they may not seem related to one another, but the first two were cleverly used to affect the outcome of the third. In other words, the violence on the streets and the, and the, the virus were used to really manipulate the outcome of the election and thus shape the future of this country. This weekend on the Christian Worldview, we're going to look at these three issues that took center stage this year in order to prepare for the new year and a potential new political administration, the Biden administration. We will also discuss how a compromised, a weakened evangelical church has contributed, has paved the way in a way, allowed for our current situation. And finally, we'll discuss how that one big story, how the the hope of the Christ of Christmas brings peace, no matter what kind of uncertainty we have in our country right near right now. 2020 has been an unusual year, but certainly not unprecedented. Maybe for some of us who have who have maybe not lived for a hundred years, of course, but plagues and pandemics uh, have been a part of the past uh, for millennia back. Social unrest has been around forever. And when there have been elections in history, there's always been fraud in election. People are sinners. They will try to cheat to win. So these are nothing new. And you hear people say, well, I can't wait for the year just to end, as if the change of a calendar from 2020 to 21 is going to make things any different. It's like rolling the dice. Oh, next year is going to be better. Well, not necessarily. A change of a calendar um, impacts nothing. It's people. It's sinful people who who impact the way our life is here. And, of course, God is sovereign over that, but that's the situation. That's not going to change next year. So the story of the year is these three issues. And they, like I said, they seem unrelated, something to do with health, something to do with our society or social fabric, and something to do with really liberty is, is the, the final one on the election, because when you can't vote uh, for who is going to be your leaders, you really don't have liberty. You're, you're ruled by tyranny. So health, society, and liberty, but they are all being used for one objective, and this is the key objective, all three of these things, to transition this country away from its Christian-based constitutional republic to a humanistic, globalistic, socialistic, even communistic state. That's what this is all about this year. As we look back over this year, a transition is being attempted. You could say call it a coup is being attempted to try to transition this country away from its Christian-based constitutional founding and ethic to a humanistic, man-based, globalistic, global, not national, socialistic, 
not free market, even communistic state. Of course, some socialism, communism is is a is strong government control, regulation, redistribution of wealth, community values over individual liberties. That's where this country is trying to be taken by the left. Now, how is this happening? Well, you have, of course, leftist political leadership, but they've been around for a long time. People like Bernie Sanders and and Kamala Harris and others and so forth. But now they are really aided by several institutions in this country who are just propaganda arms of the political left. So you have the mainstream media, you have big tech internet, like we talked about the last two weeks, whether the social media companies or Google, you have corporate America, you have the the educational system in our country, you have the entertainment industry in our country, all being propaganda arms of this leftist political movement, this socialistic political movement in our country. They're all working together to transition the country away from its Christian-based constitutional republic into a socialist, globalist, humanistic worldview. Now, these kind of partners are going to be necessary to, to move the world to the end times, because how else can simply political leadership make billions of people go along with their nefarious, dystopian, godless plans uh, for what they want to do without being aided by a huge communication arm of media, big tech internet, corporate America, the educational system, the entertainment industry. When you have all those working together, that's a propaganda arm of that worldview. That's what you need to influence and uh, tell the stories you want to tell to billions of people and not tell the stories to billions of people that you don't want them to see. And that's exactly what's taking place right now in this country. So let's take the examples of these three issues, this COVID-19, the, quote, racial injustice, and the election. With COVID-19, we have no idea still the source of this virus. We know it came from China, but was it intentionally released or unintentionally released? Was it released in a lab or was it released in a market, as we were originally told? We still don't exactly know whether this was an intentional release of this virus by China. Uh, a communist state, one of the most powerful countries in the world, becoming the most powerful country in the world economically and potentially militarily now, uh, was it released mili- uh, uh, intentionally by them to try to undermine Donald Trump being reelected because he's the only one that has pushed back against that country for several administrations. And China has just been eating the lunch, so to speak, of America through spying, uh, through economic capital, uh, through through all these different means, they are completely taking advantage of America. So they see Donald Trump pushing back against this, and they need to have him gone and have another administration in, like Joe Biden, who is completely compromised on China because of his business dealings with himself and his son in China. So they want someone else so they can continue their ascent to being the world's superpower. So we have no idea the source of the virus. And we really have no idea the lethality of the virus. You know, I went on the CDC site yesterday, and the CDC says there are nearly 17 million cases of COVID-19 and 309,000 deaths in America from COVID-19. But, of course, uh, I've heard many reports of the same person being counted multiple times 
uh, as, a, as a case for COVID as they get multiple tests. So cases are completely irrelevant, really, even if they counted each case once, because the only relevance really is the number of people who get coronavirus who die of it or maybe perhaps go into the ICU because of it. Otherwise, if someone gets COVID and has a mild symptoms, what difference really does that make? How many 17 million cases? It's really irrelevant. So deaths and Perhaps ICU stays because ICU can get filled up with people. We don't want that to happen. Overloads the system. So the only relevance really is deaths. But we really don't know if the 309,000 deaths is even close to being accurate because they're counting any death of a person who has who had or has COVID as being COVID as the cause of death. And the health administration actually admits this. Uh, let's play this soundbite from Dr. Burks who is sort of in the uh, department with Dr. Fauci leading the, the health side of the coronavirus. And here's what she said back on April 7th of this year, how they're going to count COVID deaths when some reporter asked her, well, you know, it seems like we're getting reports that COVID deaths are being counted for really anything someone's dying of if they've had, you know, COVID six weeks earlier or now, and it really wasn't the, the primary cause of death. Here's Dr. Burks. Can you talk about your concerns about deaths being misreported uh, by coronavirus because of either like, testing or standards for how they're characterized? So I think in this country, we've taken a very liberal approach to mortality. And I think the reporting here has been pretty straightforward over the last five to six weeks. Prior to that, when there wasn't testing in January and February, that's a very different situation um, and unknown. There are other countries that if you had a pre-existing condition, and let's say the virus caused you to go to the ICU and then have a heart or kidney problem, some countries are recording that as a heart issue or a kidney issue and not a COVID-19 death. Um, right now, we're still recording it. And we'll, I mean, the great thing about having forms that come in and a form that has the ability to mark it as COVID-19 infection, the intent is right now that those, if someone dies with COVID-19, we are counting that as a COVID-19 death. Okay, so th that's a very important soundbite there. Th that means that the deaths are way overinflated. Matter of fact, we refer back to the, the Fox report earlier this year from the CDC that extrapolated that only 6% of people who are counted as dying with COVID actually died of COVID only. So that takes a 300 and let's say 10,000 number that the CDC is on their website right now and brings it down to about, I don't know, doing quick math, 20,000 people have died only of COVID. Now, the virus was just starting to get publicity in February. No one knew how serious or how lethal it was at the time. Remember, I was going to the Shepherds Conference in Los Angeles at the time. I was thinking, well, should I go? Well, how serious is this and so forth? Well, now we know the lethality. I mean, I personally know just anecdotally many people personally who have had the coronavirus and most of them have just had reported mild, like mild cold symptom. That's it. Now, that being said, I know of others. I don't know anyone personally who's died of coronavirus, but I know of others who have died of it or been attributed to dying of coronavirus. Now, these are mainly older people. 
uh, people over 70, 75 years old, or people who have underlying conditions, maybe obesity or maybe lung or heart conditions that are underlying, and they are a very serious risk from this virus, and they should be the one they should be the ones being distanced and protected by their family, just like we protect my parents who are in their mid to late 80s, because we know they're a serious risk, just like they would be a serious risk even to getting a bad case of the flu at their particular, their particular age. So no matter what the CDC says about cases and deaths, people know this is being overplayed. They know COVID is not a mortal threat to the vast majority of people. It's like getting the flu. No one wants to get the flu, but it doesn't kill people unless there are underlying factors like pre-existing conditions or older age. Now, you good example of this, again, anecdotally, Grace Community Church, we've talked about this this year in the program, John MacArthur Church has defied the government shutdown orders by uh, Governor Newsom in California. They've been open for months. They have probably five or 6,000 people coming to their church. Uh, people can wear a mask if they want, but most people are not wearing masks. No one's dying. There's no outbreaks of the virus. There's none of the dire things we're being told every single day. I'm sure a couple people here and there are getting it. But if if a mass uh, breakout of the virus was happening and people in the church were dying off from it, they would close down the church. But the reality is that isn't happening. Now, I was just in South Dakota last weekend. There are no mask mandates basically in South Dakota. Only some stores require them, thanks to Governor Christy Noem. And what I saw is when people have a choice, I would say only about one out of 10 or 20 people wear a mask. In other words, people aren't going to risk their lives to go out to eat and other things if they thought they were going to die from this virus. So people know the lethality has been way overplayed, and that's very useful for getting vast control over vast amounts of people. More coming up on The Christian Worldview. Who is George Soros, and what does he believe? Are you religious? No. Do you believe in God? No. Soros told the independent newspaper in Great Britain, it is a sort of disease when you consider yourself some kind of God, the creator of everything. But I feel comfortable about it now since I began to live it out. Soros spends his billions to transform America into godless socialism. Be informed about him and the organizations he funds by ordering this George Soros resource bundle, which includes a 60-minute DVD, 60-page book, and 16-page follow-the-money chart and guide for a donation of $50 or more to The Christian Worldview. To order, call one 646 or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331, or visit thechristianworldview.org. That's thechristianworldview.org. The Bible says that children should be raised in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. There's nothing more important than sitting, walking, talking, and teaching your son or daughter to love and fear God. The church is swimming in children's resources, but it's ultra-important to select ones that accurately represent God, His Word, and the Gospel. At our store on thechristianworldview.org, We are intentional about offering resources that will build a sound and strong faith in children. You will find several Bibles for children, the Adam Raccoon book series, and Good News for Little Hearts series. We also have video and audio resources like Theo and Sugar Creek Gang, 
Browse them all at thechristianworldview.org and then use them daily with the child God has put in your life. That's thechristianworldview.org. Thanks for joining us today on the Christian Worldview radio program. I'm David Wheaton, the host. Hope all of you have received our end-of-the-year letter and resource guide. Some of you are subscribed to our mailing list and probably have received it by now that way. You can also, for those on the email list, it's also in our email today. You can just click it and open it and see the end-of-the-year letter. Uh, if you haven't got it, you can call and request it as well. But I uh, hope you read the letter. It's kind of our topic today here on the program. And also uh, take advantage of some of the resources we're offering here at the end of the year, and uh, thank you also for keeping the Christian Worldview in mind with your end-of-the-year donations. We're a nonprofit, listener-supported ministry, and uh, we're so thankful for not only your donations to the ministry, but all the encouraging notes uh, we get. That it, it really does encourage us. We read all of them. We unfortunately don't have time to get back to everyone, uh, but we do read everything that, that comes in. So thank you for those. Our topic is how one story is far bigger than the three stories that dominated 2020. And we started out by talking about the coronavirus, so that's one of the, the huge stories of the year. And the, the, the headline point is that all of these stories, the, the, the coronavirus, the social unrest, the racial accusations of systemic racism, and the election and the potential fraud going on, the loss of liberty, these are all being used with one objective to transition America away from a Christian-based constitutional republic to a humanistic, globalistic, socialistic, even communistic state. Sounds like maybe an exaggeration, but I, I, don't, I don't believe it is. I believe it's actually true. And you have now these, uh, not only is this leftist political leadership pushing this, of course, people like Biden and Kamala Harris and Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and, and Barack Obama and the whole, the whole leftist elite leaders, um, but it's aided by the media, big tech, internet, corporate America, the educational system, the entertainment industry, all of them are, are all partnering together into a propaganda ministry. Uh, to push the country to socialism. So they, they feed people what they want people to know and hear, and they keep from people what they don't want them to know and hear. And we talked about the coronavirus this year, that people people know it, it's just not as a grave of a threat to humanity as we've been told. Um, you know, a vast majority of the population, though, has heard this propaganda, and they've They've swallowed the lie that COVID is this grave threat to humanity, that, that wearing a ma mask makes you, quote, safe. And, and these are just very useful tools for government to gain control over its subjects. Now we have to have another stimulus bill because we've shut down. They've shut down the economy. People are working. They don't have money. They can't pay their rent. They can't pay their employees. So yet another huge stimulus bill of money we don't have to go greater into debt which, which shipwrecks our economy even more. So it makes us even more dependent on government. That, ex that is exactly the point. So there's no real proof that masks really, no scientific proof that masks really significantly cut the spread of the virus. I mean, I'm sure it helps a little bit to be wearing something over their face, but you, you can't tell me people walking around with a, a cloth bandana over their face is some huge uh, impediment to the virus spreading all over the country. I mean, again, I think there's probably some help, 
because people aren't coughing, you know, stop some of the coughing on each other. I mean, why aren't we required to wear gloves? Why isn't social distancing enforced? I mean, people walking closer to me than six feet all the time. How are you going to enforce that? And now a vaccine is ready. And who knows whether the vaccine is effective or dangerous or whether it's even necessary. But it's being distributed now. I watched on Tucker Carlson's program last night. It's distributed racially. It's, there's calls to be, to be given to people of color over whites or even older people because we're told people of color are more disproportionately affected by the virus, so they should get it first. And older white people, they don't need to get it because you know, they're, already, they're already privileged. I mean, that, that's, that's how far down the road uh, the country has gone. I'd, give you, I'd tell you to recommend you watch that opening segment last night on Tucker Carlson's program on Friday, December 18th. Now, um, even the vice president, Surgeon General, they're showing this week, you know, in front of this, this really staged event where Vice President Pence and the Surgeon General are there with some health officials, and they were going to get their viruses on their, their vaccines, excuse me, on national television, just to, like it's. I mean, this is like something out of a, a communist, poor communist propaganda stunt. You know, you, you had signs behind them that say "safe and effective, Operation Warp Speed," and then they kind of rolling up their sleeves and they get purportedly injected with the vaccine. I mean, it's just such a propaganda piece. This whole thing that uh, for for big government control. So we go to the second issue this year that that captured the headlines, which was. The whole started with the whole death of George Floyd right here in Minneapolis. And this is an incredibly useful tool as well for transitioning to socialism that our society must be because George Floyd uh, was killed or died in the hands of police custody. Our society is systemically unjust and we need equity, not not equal opportunity, of course, equity, which means equal outcomes, forced outcomes. That That's exactly what socialism is. So you recall that George Floyd died on Memorial Day here in Minneapolis, and that led to riots and deaths and cities burning all over the country all summer and even into the fall. Now, we don't even know at this point if the police officer that that uh, had George Floyd with his knee in the back of his neck had any racial animus against George Floyd because he was black. We have no idea. It's never been proven. It hasn't even gone to court yet. But that didn't matter. Again, it was just a useful tool. To, to drive the country towards socialism. We don't even know what George Floyd died of. You know, the, the, uh, the autopsy report, some say it was drugs in his system. Some say it was, you know, asphyxiation to the neck, can't breathe. So we, we, have, we don't even know that yet. But that didn't matter because Black Lives Matter, which is a Marxist socialist organization, just used his death to foment unrest in this narrative that America is systemically unjust and systemically racist to advance socialism. They really don't care about black lives at all. Otherwise, they'd be screaming and crying at the top of their lungs for the, the hundreds and thousands of black-on-black murders that are taking place in our cities all over our country, or the, the literally the millions of aborted black, black babies and the abortion clinics put in their own communities to target that, that community, or the lack of school choice that black families and any families don't have to get out of bad school system. Instead, they're just really open, Black Lives Matter, about their, their Marxist objectives. They have them right on their website, except they took some of them down because it was too obvious what they were really about, much more than just black equality. They're about disrupting the, the Western-prescribed nuclear family, the transgender movement, the homosexual movement. They're all about socialism. 
And so there's been a huge propaganda campaign uh, with this whole thing and all the companies and corporate America is jumping on board and supporting Black Lives Matter and the whole movement, even the church, evangelical church gets in on it. And it's all a propaganda war, again, to transition the country away from its Christian-based founding to socialism. I read Ann Coulter's column this week on Breonna Taylor. You remember Breonna Taylor? She's been another one like George Floyd and uh, Michael Brown in St. Louis and so forth, where uh, these folks have died, these black folks have died at the hands of of police officers. And she did research on this Breonna Taylor death in Louisville, Kentucky. And it just goes to show that there's been such a propaganda effort to to push the narrative of, let's say, her particular story, Breonna Taylor's story, as if she was just some innocent person in a in a apartment that the police came in and just shot unjustly. Well, she wrote this. Hey, guys, I found out the true facts in the Breonna Taylor case. Remember the the quote botched raid that the New York Times t- talked about on Breonna, uh, Breonna's apartment in Louisville, Kentucky last March when police officers killed this innocent black woman as she slept peacefully in her bed? Yes, apparently without announcing themselves, the police smashed in the front door of, quote, the wrong apartment. Their warrant was for a man Brianna had dated eons ago and barely even knew anymore and whom they already had in custody. Assuming the police were home invaders, Brianna's boyfriend pulled out a gun. Again, police were at the wrong apartment, she writes, whereupon the officers opened fire, killing Brianna and wounding one of their own in friendly fire. You probably won't believe this, but it turns out none of that narrative that has been fed to our country is true. None of that. That's what we've been told about that case, that the police, no-knock warrant, they went in, they just started shooting, they killed her, she was lying peacefully in bed. Well, she goes on, I'm going to let you read the column, but goes on to say that Brianna Taylor was basically in the criminal enterprise of the drug dealing uh, with her sometime boyfriend, Jamarcus Glover, who was running a massive drug operation. Uh, The morning after uh, Brianna was killed, uh, Jamarcus said, this is what you got to understand. Don't take it wrong, but Brianna, she's been handling all my money. She's been handling my money. She's been handling blank for me and cuz. It just ain't me involved in this. And although there were warrants for, uh, were written for no-knock warrants to protect the officers and prevent the destructive evidence, Coulter writes, the police did knock, actually. Even though they had no-knock warrants, they actually did knock and announce themselves at her apartment. The first officer through the door was shot at by Brianna's boyfriend. So the people inside shot at the police officers first, who eventually, uh, and he eventually admitted he shot first, and the officers returned fire, hitting Brianna five times. Brianna wasn't lying in bed. She was up standing next to her boyfriend. Now, for this, Brianna's family got $12 million from the city of Louisville, and the rest of us got endless nights of violent riots. That's how Ann Coulter ends her column. I just scanned just a couple paragraphs of it. You can read it for yourself. But it's just I read it because it's a perfect example of how a situation in our country is completely lied about. The facts are twisted, and they become a propaganda piece to push a socialist agenda in this country. So you have the virus. You have the social unrest in this country. And the final piece is the election. Now, Donald Trump is not a socialist, and that's the problem for the left. He is in the most powerful position in the world, standing in the way of their objective of socialism and globalism. He needed to be removed 
by any means necessary from office. And that's what we're going to talk about next on the Christian Realview, getting to the fact that these three stories are big, but there's one story that we're going to celebrate coming up that's far, far bigger. Back with more on the Christian Realview. David Wheaton here, host of The Christian Worldview. For over 15 years, our mission has been to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. We pursue that mission on air through radio programs, in person hosting events, and online through audio, video, and print resources. We are an all-volunteer ministry, but have monthly operating expenses, the most significant being the cost of airtime on the station, website, or app on which you hear the radio program. We are looking for monthly partners so that each station or website is supported by its own listeners. The level of financial support for a given outlet is a key decision point whether we continue paying to broadcast there. To become a monthly partner of any amount, Call us toll-free, 1-888-646-2233, or visit thechristianworldview.org. Thank you for listening to and supporting The Christian Worldview. There's an abundance of Christian resources available, but the reality is that many of them, even some of the most popular, do not lead to a sound and strong faith. While there's only one perfect book, A key aim of the Christian worldview is to identify and offer resources that are biblically faithful and deepen your walk with God. In our online store, we have a wide range of resources for all ages, adult and children's books and DVDs, Bibles and devotionals, unique gifts, and more. So browse our store at thechristianworldview.org and find enriching resources for yourself, family, friends, small group, or church. You can also order by calling toll-free 1-888-646-2233. That's 1-888-646-2233. Or visit thechristianworldview.org. This is likely our final live broadcast of the year here on the Christian Real View radio program. We'll play two around Christmas and New Year's, likely, unless something really breaks in current events, which probably could be the case with the way things have been going. But likely our last final broadcast of the year, we'll play some previously aired programs for the last, next two weekends. Uh, this weekend, we're talking about how one story, the story of Christmas, is far bigger even than the three news stories that have been dominating the headlines this year, the coronavirus, racial unrest, and now the election, the contested election. That's what we're talking about now, is that this last bit was really the objective of the first two. You use the virus, you use the social unrest to blame that on the man, the administration, who's not a socialist, who's standing in the way of socialism in the country. He's in the most powerful position standing in the way of socialism and globalism. He needs to be removed by any means necessary from office, and so that's what took place. The virus was blamed on President Trump. He didn't protect you. I mean, what did Donald Trump have to do with the virus coming to America? What's he supposed to do about the spread without completely shutting down the country and ruining ruining people's lives, economically and otherwise? I mean, how was it his fault that Black Lives Matter and Antifa and their supporters burned down cities? I mean, he's not the responsible for one for these the cities of America. These are the local the, the state governors. But the propaganda 
machine, the media, the mainstream media, the social media, the big tech internet, the, the educational system, the entertainment industry, just blare on with their propaganda that Trump is the cause of the virus. He didn't do enough. And Trump is the cause of the unrest. And therefore, he needs to go. We need a new voting system of early mail-in ballots because we have to be safe from the virus. And so that just opened the way, paved the way for uh, Biden to be able to really potentially steal this election. Now, there's a a disputed election. And the liberal side of, of things doesn't even acknowledge it. It's like, oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist. Fox News sort of kind of mentions that they're kind of some people think it's truth and some people think it's not. But if you go read conservative media, the conservative media is all over it, thinking that like the Epic Times or or Newsmax and so forth, they, they realize what has been taking place, like living in an alternate universe, looking at different kinds of of media. So we have this week, Texas, as I mentioned last week on the program, Texas tried to file a lawsuit with the U.S. Supreme Court uh, saying that that these other states who changed their voting systems, allowing early uh, early mail in ballots and all these kinds of things, that is was wrong because it wasn't done through legislature, it was done through executive order. And the Supreme Court decided not even to hear the case. And then this week. A Texas state Republican executive committee member made a speech about this, the fact that the Supreme Court wouldn't even hear the case. And why not with such a big issue like this? Well, here's what this Texas state Republican executive executive committee member said about why the Supreme Court didn't hear the case. The current staffer uh, for one of the Supreme Court justices and this, I'll just describe the report to you that I read, and you can make of it what you will. Um, he said that the justices, as they always do, went into a closed room to discuss you know, cases they're taking or do debate. There's no phones, no computers, no nothing. No one else is in the room except for the nine justices. It's typically very civil. Um, they usually don't hear any sound. They just debate what they're doing. But when the Texas case was brought up, he said he heard screaming through the walls as Justice Roberts and the other liberal justices were insisting that this case not be taken up. Um, And the reason, the the words that were heard through the wall um, when Justice Thomas and Justice Alito were citing uh, Bush versus Gore from John Roberts were, I don't give up about that case. I don't want to hear about it. At that time, we didn't have riots. So what he was saying was that he was afraid of what would happen if they did the right thing. And I'm sorry, but that is moral cowardice. And, and we in the SREC, I'm an SREC member, we put those words in very specifically. Because the charge of the Supreme Court is to ultimately be our final arbitrator, our final line of defense for right and wrong. And they did not do their duty. So I think we should leave these words in because I want to send a strong message to them. Thank you. Okay, again, that was a member of uh, the state Republican executive committee in Texas commenting on what he had heard. Granted, hearsay. They heard a staffer who was listening through the wall of screaming going on in the Supreme Court justices as they were uh, meeting 
about, I don't want to hear this case. And he was referring back to the contested election in the year 2000 between Bush and Gore, that there wasn't riots on the street. Therefore, we don't want to hear this case because we don't want to get involved in this. We don't want social unrest. Again, hearsay, but uh, it seems plausible with some of the decisions that Chief Justice John Roberts has been making, a Bush appointee, on major votes over the year. Now, this week, Lynn Wood, who is this conservative attorney who's, who is very well-known, very highly respected, he defended the young man from the Catholic high school uh, that was attacked by the media for standing in front of the Native American person in Washington, D.C. with a mega hat on. You probably remember that story. He won the case, by the way. The mainstream media had to pay him millions of dollars because he slandered this young man's life. Anyway, that was, that was the young man's attorney, Lynn Wood. Linwood had several tweets this week. Now, this is a very a prominent attorney tweeting these things out. And he knows very well, Linwood does, about a libel, slander laws. That if you slander or libel someone incorrectly, you, you are basically putting yourself in real risk of major consequence. So here's what Linwood tweeted this week. He said, the people, people of the U.S., have a list of questions for Chief Justice Roberts based on bizarre votes on major cases starting with Obamacare. Remember, Roberts, back in the day, voted in favor of Obamacare. Surprisingly, again, this is an appointment of a justice by a Republican president. All of a sudden, he votes for socialized health care. But let's ask him just two. Linwood writes, number one, are you the John Roberts on the Epstein flight logs. Remember Epstein, the guy who had the island, who was having all these sexual forays as billionaire, taking people out there, prominent people out there. He was he was apprehended, then killed himself in jail. The same Epstein. They're saying that, are you the John Roberts that is listed on the Epstein flight logs? In other words, were you going to that island with Epstein? And then number two, Lynn would ask, did you say about Donald Trump, the mother, and then he uses the obscenity starting with an F, would never, should or would never be reelected? And then Linwood goes on to say, I've had long questions about the John Roberts on the Jeffrey Epstein private jet flight logs. I suspected it was our chief justice of our Supreme Court. The mainstream media has shown no interest in investigating this issue to find truth. America is now entitled to know the answer. Then he tweeted again, this may be the most important tweet of my life. Chief Justice John Roberts is corrupt and should resign immediately. Justice Stephen Breyer should also resign immediately. They are, quote, anti-Trumpers dedicated to preventing public from knowing truth of Donald Trump's reelection. Again, this man is a high-powered, prominent attorney. There's no way he's going to be writing these things, these, these slanderous things in, in, in tweets unless he knows he is on the safe side of the issue. So very, very significant things that, that people are saying about the Supreme Court this week uh, and not even hearing this case on election fraud. Peter Navarro, who is a, a Ph.D., has a Master of Public Administration from Harvard's, uh, John F. Kennedy School of Government, and a Ph.D. in economics from Harvard University. Uh, he wrote this week, if, in fact, continuing compelling evidence proves the election was indeed stolen after a fait a fate accompli Biden in, uh, inauguration, we as a country run the very real risk at the very center 
of our great American Union will not hold. To put it another way, if the greatest democracy in world history cannot conduct a free and fair election, and if much of the mainstream media of this country won't even fully investigate what is becoming a growing mountain of evidence calling into question the election result, there is little chance that our democracy and this republic will survive as we know it. It is therefore critical that we get to the bottom of this matter. That is the purpose of this report, and it's on thenationalpulse.com. It's Peter Navarro, spelled N-A-V-A-R-R-O. And so very, very major deal. Again, this third issue of the year, the virus, the racial, uh, the allegations of racial injustice, and now the election and potential fraud in the election, all the purpose of all being used to transition the country away from our Christian-based constitutional republic over to a socialist state. So all of which to say, as we've reached this part in the program, that if you've lost hope in America because of what's been taking place, these issues being used to transition our country to something it's never known, I'm there with you. But the reality is we really, as believers, should not have hope in America per se. There is only one to have hope in, and that is God himself, because he is holy, he is just, he is righteous, he's dependable, he does what he says he will, and he doesn't deceive in the process. Now, we should stand for righteousness in our country. You know, we recite the Pledge of Allegiance every day for school, for our homeschool. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. But do we even have a republic of the United States of America if our elections are fraudulent? Are we under God, or have we rejected him? Are we really indivisible, or, or are we hopelessly divided now in our country? Do we still have individual liberties, liberty and justice, or are we just communitarian now? When we come back, we're going to play a soundbite from John MacArthur, who recently spoke in his sermon about the situation in the country, and then get to the fact that the one story of Christmas is the real one that gives us hope beyond anything that's going on here in America. You're listening to The Christian Worldview. Who is George Soros, and what does he believe? Are you religious? No. Do you believe in God? No. Soros told the independent newspaper in Great Britain, it is a sort of disease when you consider yourself some kind of God, the creator of everything. But I feel comfortable about it now since I began to live it out. Soros spends his billions to transform America into godless socialism. Be informed about him and the organizations he funds by ordering this George Soros resource bundle, which includes a 60-minute DVD, 60-page book, and 16-page follow-the-money chart and guide for a donation of $50 or more to the Christian Worldview. To order, call one 646 or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331 or visit the org. that's the christian org. be sure to take advantage of two free resources that will keep you informed and sharpen your worldview the first is the christian worldview weekly email which comes to your inbox each friday it contains a preview of the upcoming radio program along with need to read articles featured resources special events and audio of the previous program The second is the Christian Worldview Annual Print Letter, which is delivered to your mailbox in November. 
It contains a year-end letter from host David Wheaton and a listing of our store items, including DVDs, books, children's materials, and more. You can sign up for the weekly email and annual print letter by visiting thechristianworldview.org or calling 1-888-646-2233. Your email and mailing address will never be shared, and you can unsubscribe at any time. Call 1-888-646-2233 or visit thechristianworldview.org. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. As I was trying to say there at the end of that segment, do we even have a republic if our elections aren't free and fair, if they're fraudulent? Are we really under God in in this country, or has this country completely rejected him? Are we indivisible, as the pledge says, or are we hopelessly divided into this country between those who want socialism versus those who want traditional America? Do we still have individual liberties with liberty? Or are we moving towards a communitarian values now over individual liberties? And is there really justice in in this country? John MacArthur gave a sermon, I think it was two Sundays ago, and I want to play just the first part of it and let you hear his perspective on where we are right now. What this text says to us is that we have the responsibility in this crooked and perverse generation to act as the children of God and to shine as luminaries or lights in the world. That's why we're here. God understands that it's a crooked and perverse generation. Sometimes, as in our case now, more openly manifest than perhaps at other times when it's covered up a little bit. I think many of you are feeling rather deep disappointment at the events of the recent election, you feel like, though you prayed for mercy in the midst of judgment, you're not seeing that mercy. You're watching the power structure of this country being taken over by people who are godless and contrary to Scripture. It's easy to become very disappointed, especially if you care about righteousness and truth. We cherish personal righteousness, but our culture is deep into personal sin and wickedness, and not in a hidden way, but flaunted. And now we have advocates of that iniquity and wickedness being given political power over us. We cherish marriage, we cherish family. But our culture, by means of media and law, destroys both. And we see leaders who advocate fornication, homosexuality, transsexualism, pornography, divorce, etc. And now the people who advocate those things have more power than they've had in the past. Marriage and family is not likely to survive. And all that destroys marriage and family 
may become law. We support law. We support law and order because it's biblical as ordained by God. But now we have leaders who want to defund the police, unleash assaults against them and us. 8,700 protests occurred in the last few months. 574 of those were riots with mass looting and destruction. 2,000 policemen were injured. These were coordinated and orchestrated events. One incident alone did $70 million in damage. And the police were told to stand and watch. Okay, I'm going to cut it here just because uh, for the sake of time coming up against the end of the program, you can hear that message. It was, uh, I believe, two Sundays ago by John MacArthur. Highly encourage you to hear it. So you, you hear that and you think, you know, he's saying, you know, we're saying kind of the same things here today. Well, where, where is the hope here in this country? And when you, you think about hope, you need to go beyond this country. If your hope is in America or any man or any country, you're going to be disappointed or any situation, any circumstance, you're going to be disappointed. It's always going to fail you. But this week, Christmas week, is the time to think about the fact where real hope actually lies. There is one story, the Christmas story, that is far bigger and far more significant than even these three stories that dominated 2020. And that story is this, that God himself sent his own son, Jesus Christ, into the world to be one of us, as one of us, so that we could have a greater hope than anything that could provide us hope in this world. So how does that help? Well, there is hope for reconciliation with God, that we as sinners can be forgiven and reconciled with God through Christ's substitutionary death for our sin on the cross. There, there's real reason for hope there. Our sin is our biggest problem. The hope is for a life of purpose. Once we come to put our faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, who He is and what He did for us on the cross, repent of our sin, then you can have a hope in this life for a purpose of being in a right relationship with God. There's hope there. There's hope for eternal life, life even after we all physically die. There's hope of eternal life after we die to live forever with God in heaven. Now, this isn't hope as in why hopey hope this happens. This hope is a word that means it looks to the future with assurance of it being and coming true. Now, there's two kinds of false hope that we need to watch out for, and the first is far worse than the second. There's hoping in the globalist Democrats that they're going to bring about this utopia where man is going to create this perfect America and you, I think you're going to see things and experience things, we all are, in, in this country that we never thought possible if Biden and Kamala Harris take power. You have to understand the fact that they hate our country as it stands. They hate the Christian-based constitutional republic. They hate that. So when they do things that seem so contrary, they think, well, wait, no, I don't get it. That's just such against our country. They don't want that. They want a socialist, communist-type government control over this country. They want to create a new, what they think is a utopian world, but it's really going to be a dystopian, godless world. And number two, the false kind of hope is hoping in the nationalistic Republicans. Now, Trump has done many good things from a Christian pers uh, perspective. They have many elements of the Christian worldview in their policies, but you know what? Republicanism and Trumpism is going to fail us as well, too. You know, 
on the road to Emmaus after Christ rose from the dead, he joined these these two disciples who were walking on the road, and they didn't recognize him. Remember the story in, in Luke uh, chapter 24, and uh, they were walking along the road, and they were kind of they were kind of they were down. They one of them named Cleopas answered and said to Jesus, didn't recognize him. Are you possibly the only one living near Jerusalem who did doesn't know about the things that happened in these last days? And Jesus said to him, what sort of things? And they said to him, those about Jesus the Nazarene who proved to be a prophet, mighty in deed and word in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and all our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and crucified. And then they say, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. They were out of hope. But then Jesus revealed himself to them, and they immediately got their hope back in realizing, hope in God, for yet again I will praise him. Believer, Christian, we need to hope in God, not America, but also stand for righteousness. Thank you for another wonderful year on the Christian Realview. Until we meet again, have a great Christmas and think biblically and live accordingly. We hope today's broadcast turned your heart toward God, His Word, and His Son. To order a CD copy of today's program or sign up for our free weekly email or to find out how you can be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, go to our website, thechristianworldview.org or call us toll-free at 1-888-646-2233. The Christian Worldview is a weekly one-hour radio program that is furnished by the Overcomer Foundation and is supported by listeners and sponsors. Request one of our current resources with your donation of any amount. Go to thechristianworldview.org or call us toll-free at 1-888-646-2233 or write to us at Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. That's Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Thanks for listening to The Christian Worldview. Until next time, think biblically and live accordingly.